Welcome to the Gold Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. I just want to give a big shout out to uh, the alma mater, Skoda's. Uh, had a great time. Uh, thanks to Taylor Dahl and, and everyone there. Got to meet some former teachers of ours. Mac and I got the, the tour on, on Friday. And then we even went and watched a victory Friday night at uh, Aquinas. So go Rocks. No, no luck from the Shamrocks to the Huskers, though, eh, Honk? No, no, it ended on Friday night for us with the victories. <laughs> All right, also a boomer. Well, I just think it's pretty handy that we can rerun uh, last year's episode after the Illinois game, and it'll just slide right in, and I don't <laughs> think anyone will notice. This is a real time saver for us all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, after these hot takes, it's just a repeat. Yep. The best uh, of the Redcast. <laughs> pretty nice. Also with Redcast Rob. Well, since Nebraska is a volleyball school, I just want to give a shout-out to our women's volleyball team who – actually won nine straight sets against three different opponents this weekend. And all in that, they uh, failed to an attempt an onside kick. <laughs> <laughs> John Cook, you know, he's a wily fellow. Um, well, guys, uh, you know, it's um, uh, hard to imagine that we would be at this point one more time. But here we are, uh, year five of Scott F- Frost, and it's now the fourth time out of those five years that we have lost the first game. Two years in a row, that's week zero. Um, this time we had to be in more dramatic fashion of losing uh, across the Atlantic Ocean in Ireland to uh, Northwestern. But sure enough, we figured out a way to, to do it one more time, Honk. Uh, what, are your, what are your raw emotions like right now? Well, much like our rushing yards, I imagine we'll have about a quarter of the, uh, the people watching tonight that we had a week ago. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's probably a good place to start. I, there's, Jeez. I think we're going to talk about, and we've already heard a little bit about onsides. Um, that's one play and it's one play from the game. Um, it's not the only reason that, that, uh, you know, we lost the game. There's a lot of other things that happened. Um, we could have won the game. It, you know, we, we made, we weren't, it wasn't some big mistake prone game. I mean, we played pretty clean. We had one penalty, one but, penalty. but, um, but man, there's, there's enough things you know, in addition to a very bizarre call that 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 uh, leave us once again with a, a one score, less than one score loss, three score, you know, three points. It's just it's bizarre. It's add to the list. Yeah, well, we'll take a deeper dive on that. You know, I mean, I was listening to uh, Andy Staples uh, show earlier today and they had this whole breakdown of the game. It was really they spent like 45 minutes talking about it because mm-hmm. they're just so so like, how does this keep on happening? It's interesting, like the the national media is now being very sympathetic to the Nebraska fans. They're like, this is just not fair to them. Right. I mean, sure. Maybe Thank they were you. talking in the nineties, but this is getting out of, out of control. Right. And like the theme was like, when does it stop becoming a coincidence? Right. You know, like it's, it, it's something's up. Right. You know, so we'll, we'll take a deeper dive into what happened in Northwestern and what we're looking forward to with uh, North, North Dakota, but let's uh, knock out some of our uh, the business with our sponsors. Right, Rob? Yeah. Um, let's see here. Our first upcoming, or I should say, um, don't forget to subscribe to Hill Varsity. You can use promo code REDCAST to receive $10 off your first year subscription. You just go to hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe to do that and get a magazine. Also, Alumni Hall has two locations in Lincoln, and you can get a fancy Hawaiian shirt like 
I'm wearing right there, which I will never wear again on game day because I wore it this <laughs> Saturday. And so I, they will never see me in that again on game day. But you can go to one of the two downtown locations to purchase your own or your own shirt at uh, 1120 P Street or Dave. Yes, sir. No, just like Alumni Hall can really actually benefit uh, because Husker fans often are, are very superstitious and you can't wear the same thing that you suffer a loss. In. So I've gone through, you know, like 30 T-shirts the last four <laughs> years, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, we'd love to offer you a discount at Alumni Hall, but you're already getting discounted Husker football. So, uh. <sighs> all right. And FSC Edge, if you're looking for a new job with a great environment with a new fantastic building where you're never customer facing and you can wear your Nebraska gear right to work. You can go to jobs at FSC.com and uh, apply there. And um, oh. And we cannot forget our great friends at Smack and Smooch. Um, custom shirts and specialty items by Shane and Laura. You can DM them on Twitter, find them on Facebook. And they've got all kinds of cool Redcast gear going on now, like the hashtag War Daddy Up with the corn with big muscles. We've also got uh, Rob wearing Breaking Through the wall with a kool-aid shirt which is becoming very sugar-free at the moment but you know i mean i'm sure i'll sweeten up eventually if the season gets any better so you know i'm sure by saturday afternoon i'll just be you know fat and happy or at least happy or fat either one i'm not sure uh but yeah thanks to all of our sponsors too and all of our fans out there and thanks for joining us tonight i see we got 10 people watching already so that's that's good stuff We've well, already I'm got sure the word's going to get out that the show's uh, awesome and amazing and that number's going to go well, up. Well, so. you know what? If Nebraska can have a sellout sell streak through this shit, I'm telling you right now, we can still have viewers when we're doing our shows on Monday nights. All right, I believe. Absolutely. It's beginning of the, the, the football season. Honky, before you start talking about Ireland and all the fun that some of our friends had over there, just want to bring up the uh, Yahoo Fantasy College football pick them game we have going uh go ahead and take a look at that uh, go big red cast bets is the name of our group id number is 52095209 passwords betcast uh week 0 did not count on this so you haven't missed anything yet and uh, we are, are also um excluding the lowest two weeks of your score so even if you don't get in right away uh, you'll still be able to play with us uh, all the bet, all the the BetCast, and hopefully maybe even Honky, uh, will be uh, participating in this. It is against the spread. Um, <laughs> Honky's telling me no. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, Yahoo's picking the best games of the week, plus all the Big Ten games. And, um, you know, try to try to beat the BetCasters and um, get a big grand prize. So go ahead and take a look at that. All right, Honk, uh, what do we got for some tweets of the week? Well, we'll start with the with what went on in Ireland. And despite what happened on the field, off the field, Husker Nation, Redcast Nation, all of you, just you just showed up once again. Excellent job. Uh, you took over Dublin, and uh, the streets were red, and it was great. And so we got some photos here. Uh, uh, this is Jim and Gary uh, at the game, and uh, there's uh, Jim in front of Buskers, which was the Huskers' uh, main bar, or one of the main bars, I guess. Uh, this should be a familiar-looking person. Anyone who's been on any of our fan forums, this is Preston Hillier uh, down there wearing his Go Big Red Cash shirt. So that was awesome to be represented uh, down there. And then also wanted to show this video real quick. Uh, this is really cool. Uh, Rob mentioned uh, the Tilsons, Shane and, and Laura, that run uh, Smack and Smooch. Well, Shane's parents, uh, Chuck and Charlene, they uh, 
they had their 50th wedding anniversary last week, and they were surprised by uh, the athletic director, Trev Alberts, at the uh, Friday, uh, uh, whatever they, pep, pep rally, rally. That they had. Yeah, the pep rally they had out there. So this is kind of a cool video. I want to show this. Just a little symbolic thank you to the fans. Uh, we, we've got a, a lot of special fans here, and I've had a great chance to meet many of you, and I'm grateful for each of you. But we're celebrating a 50th anniversary uh, from a young couple here during this game, and Charles and Charlene Tilson. Where's Charles and Charlene Tilson? Can you just raise your hand somewhere? Where are they? Right back there. Join me in congratulating Charles and Charlene for 50 wedding years. And my understanding is they've been Husker fans for every one of those 50 years. Is that right? So we've got a signed football for you. I want to make sure I get that to you at the end here. Uh, that made their made their week. Um, they are longtime Husker football uh, season ticket holders. I've mentioned in the past the trip that I took to Michigan back in 2013 with a group of about 10 guys, Shane being one of them. Uh, but uh, Chuck was the driver of the Husker van or Husker bus, that a converted bus uh, that we drove up there. And it was just it was a lot of fun. Great Husker fans. And, uh, you know, that's, again, that's one of the, the takeaways from this trip that uh, – or from this weekend that I'll, I'll take away is that Husker Nation showed up proud again. And and uh, we'll keep showing up. I know we will, even if these are tough. <laughs> <laughs> that's right we keep on doing shows right we keep doing them even if we get slammed sometimes dave we might not talk to each other for a couple days but you know we're still here. the best rob well yeah. i know well let's be honest dave you wouldn't talk to me if you didn't have to so. <laughs> that's not true rob that's, that's, most that's, topic, that, that's, that's true i do get free golf so i mean that's <laughs> yeah. Well, in addition to that, we uh, we wanted to highlight some of the. You have to have some fun with this, Redcasters. I mean, if you if you take this too serious, you're just gonna it's gonna drive you nuts. So we we picked some some good Twitter slams that came our way, and here is a shirt uh, we almost always almost win <laughs> Nebraska football. <laughs> I'm trying to read through it, and I, it's still it it hurts so much. I actually laugh when I read it. I don't know if that that helps. Um, we got just by the Big Sky Conference. Uh, somebody said uh, Nebraska football going to be playing in the Big Sky soon, and they go, "Nah, we good." So that's great. And then, last but not least, the South Bend Cubs. <laughs> I don't. At least we didn't go for an onside kick up eleven in the third quarter. So uh, that was wow. just a little bit of the Twitter that you would have been missing if you were like me. I didn't. I I went radio silent. I phone all of Saturday and Sunday, and it was this morning when I got back on and started, uh, you know, conversing with the world again. So that's that's how I. Uh, that's at least how I choose to handle my losses. <laughs> That's good. You're very mature. So I like that. In Thank you. <laughs> You've come well, a long way, Honky. I was going to say, since I don't drink really, Honky, except for when I'm with you, I talked about drinking all weekend when I'm with you in two weeks. So if that helps anybody, you know, understand no, my, my pain, my pain. I mean, I, man. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways. <laughs> Hey, Redcasters, I know the economy has been tough and are you looking for a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having a competitive, stable history of over 20 years? What is FSC Edge, a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies? 
expert services, helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. And they support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the United States and Europe. You can work with fun people with great attitudes, learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer facing. You can dress just like me right now in your Husker tank top and your Go Big Red Cast hat. And you can work in a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. Job also comes with excellent benefits. Go check out available jobs today at www.jobsandfsc.com. And now, Scarlet Colored Glasses. Let's head into Scarlet Colored Glasses and talk all things Huskers football. Uh, and then we can talk about the state of the program and this. this uh, seventh uh, loss in a row. Is that right, Anki? I mean, it's been like 330-some days now since we've experienced a win. Um, it was against Northwestern last year, it wasn't was it? Northwestern yeah. last year in week five or whatever it was. Yeah, early October. Um, it's been a very long time. Um, I mentioned the 30 losses under Scott Frost. He's now 15 and 30. Um, and yeah, there is our record in one-score games versus, with, with Scott as head coach. Pretty extraordinary stat there. Um, and, uh, you know, as a, as the red cast, we've experienced 40 some losses. So, um, one of these years, this is really going to turn around and we're going to have a, a lot of fun on this show. Um, and Hey, you know, the season is not over. I mean, I've listened to a lot of the local radio as well as the national stuff. I don't know if you guys tried to get a sense of uh, Husker nation over the last 48 hours. Uh, and you know, there's, there's some overreaction, but actually I was somewhat proud overall of some of the local radio guys taking a relatively measured approach here. I mean, obviously the conversation of will Scott Frost survive this season or even just get uh, anywhere past October 1st was a, a conversation, uh, du jour today. But I mean, you know, I think there also is some level heads that said that, you know, just one game, um, you know, you go beat Oklahoma in a few weeks and you're three and one. That's what you're hoping to be anyway after uh, four games. So, uh, you know, there's still a lot to be to be seen. But Honky, let's just talk a little bit about what we saw there on Saturday, um, it, because it did seem a lot like what we would have saw a year ago, um, where we actually play some pretty good football at times. Offense uh, is explosive. Uh, we throw the ball a lot. Uh, we can't run. And um, ultimately, Northwestern plays classic Big Ten football, wears down our defense. Uh, that's something we didn't see as much last year and ultimately uh, pulls out the victory. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw there, there were positive things. And I didn't see it as mistake prone, certainly, as what the Illinois game was a year right. ago, where we were just couldn't get out of our own way. I mean, we only had one penalty for five yards. Uh, there was some clean football being played from a special team standpoint. Really, overall, I was pretty pleased with the execution maybe if i had to even question any execution on any one special teams play it would actually been maybe the first punt that we didn't catch it like the six or seven and it bounced to the two i mean that's about as close and i'm getting really nitpicky there because before that kick even happened and northwestern's around the 50 i'm sitting there with mac and and jack and kluver and i'm just like watch this they're going to kick us down to the two just be prepared for it they're going to kick us to the two and they did but I was proud of how we responded. We didn't go and you know snap the ball over our head and fumble it in the end zone or get a, a holding in the end zone and, and have a safety. We we made it through that kind of adversity and Bushimi got the ball out to the five. Bushimi kicks it with the 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 you know out of bounds marker right behind his feet and he kicks a great kick down to the fifty that is fair cut. I was like, that's a good transition where we didn't blow something up. 
real improvement uh, in that regard from a year ago, where if we could find a way to blow it up, especially against Illinois, we did. So there was a lot of really positive things there um, that I was seeing in, in those areas. The the run pass ratio, which we will definitely hit on here, that that this is not a that's not a run pass ratio for success in this conference. Um, it was forty two to thirty one, and that's with two of the thirty one being sacks. So really, it's forty four to twenty nine. Um, and we've got to find some kind of happy medium between I've been saying all off season, I want mobile QBs. And I thought we have that and we went, but I don't want 25 carries a game from the quarterback either. Right. And we've gone from 25 to basically one carry a game. And then yeah. and, and I don't that think was our quarterback sneak essentially at, at the goal line for the touchdown. We need more than that. Uh, we need the quarterback's legs to be involved to, I think, make things easier for the rest of the run game. It's too easy just to say, ah, the O-line's not getting any push or anything like that. We need to be able to to tease or, and and stress the defense sideline to sideline a little bit to open up some things up the middle too. Yeah, you know, we'll get into scoring explosion here in just mm-hmm. a second, Hunk, but let's let's do the – yeah, one more tweet there, the Fitzgerald quote. So let's talk a little bit about that first, and then let's sure. break down that offense because I've got some questions for you, I guess. Uh, so here's a, a tweet or a, a quote from Fitzgerald in the post game presser, I guess, saying this was a good test, but we have recent division titles. There was one team on the field today with a championship culture. And in the end, culture prevailed. Um, ow. I mean, that's Fitz saying that that that's, is it's not really his style, but no. it, a lot of a lot of the Big Ten coaches love don't to take li- shots at Scott Frost. They, they don't like don't Frost like at all. No. Um, it's, it's really interesting, honestly. And, um, we'll talk a little bit more about what Scott said in his, uh, press conference here, but it just, it's really interesting to hear that quote. Um, because every time one of these coaches has an opportunity boomer to take a shot at Scott Frost, they do it, you know, and I I don't know what that's saying. Um, but it it seems really unusual because on most cases, they're pretty cordial with each other. It's a fraternity there, you know, and, um, it doesn't seem like Scott is, is welcome in the big 10 one right now. Well, I guess maybe they've just adjusted to him finally. So, you know, <laughs> make of it what it is. I, uh, I don't know. I I mean, did Fitzgerald actually say that at a presser? I, I didn't see it, but I don't know if he did or not. But we've seen those kind of comments from other coaches. And I, I, I heard I, another radio. I think it was the Hell Varsity um, uh, radio show with Chris Schmitz. Uh, okay. Schmitz, uh, yeah, and I suppose part of it is just, yeah, we made it easy to pick on ourselves, I guess. When you lose games like this, it's it's going to happen. You know, when you were the yeah, only yeah. a big big power and you're down, and that's just the way it is. I mean, and that's going to happen. So yeah, and it, it it points to the idea that Northwestern, just like other Big Ten teams, seem to look they they're simply just playing the waiting game until they feel like. I mean, a that's generally how they play a game anyway. They don't want to make mistakes. They're just going to try to be a consistent. Um, you know, performance, but they also know that Nebraska will likely shoot themselves in the foot at some point, and they're going to take advantage of that. Yeah, and that's kind of the the tough thing about it, I think, where if you do want to talk about culture or whatnot, you see the difference between what we've had recently and the Big Ten. It's not like Northwestern didn't make mistakes in that game. They had a fumble. They missed a field goal. They had eight penalties. They had eight penalties. They had some really dumb play calls at times. They... I mean, they repeatedly set themselves behind schedule by missing first down plays a lot. They dropped balls. They did a lot of things that we did. They don't let those things just completely derail them. We do those things, and we just don't seem to have an answer a lot of times. And they know – it seems 
that way for a lot of games. Those things go off the rails, and we don't be able to. We don't. We just don't recover from that the way other teams seem to be able to in the Big Ten. So. Yeah, Rob, what were you thinking when you saw the onside kick? Um, were you like, oh my god? There, well, there I can't use. I I won't use that kind of language on the on the show because I, <laughs> I I I was at a work event. I was walking across the uh, Northern Colorado football field, actually watching it on my phone because I was checking in with a client, and. I saw it, and my first thought in my mind was, what the hell is he doing? Like, I thought that we were fixing <laughs> this. Because, because I can honestly say, I in my 48 years of life, I have seen a lot of football professional in college. And I've seen a lot of onside kicks. But there's usually, like, a good scenario for it, right? Like, it's the fourth quarter. You're trying to get the ball back because you're down one score and you just scored a touchdown. I have never seen a coach kick an onside kick after taking – uh, you know, scoring two back-to-back touchdowns, taking an 11-point lead for the second time in the game, and then lining up and kicking an onside kick that wasn't even a very good onside kick, I might add. No, it, it wasn't. Yeah, the was friend not. of the show, Brendan Frankie, I'd, I'd love to ask him about that sometime. Um, kind of like, why did you kick it to that guy? Because it was nothing like that movie, The Replacement, where he's looking up and down the field, looking for the one guy who's scared and kick it to him, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it was like I'm, I'm guessing when you kick it to a fullback, the one guy on the on the field that probably has the best hands out of anybody, like you're not kicking it to the right guy. Yeah, I think he's a captain they kicked it to well, even. Right? Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't understand it. Um, and maybe maybe it's just me i've seen a lot of people say that it's just one play it didn't it we had a whole quarter and a half to fix it well guess what in my opinion they did that they didn't recover it and that was like the one moment that this team like needed to just look at themselves and go oh god here we go again like it just kind of felt like all the air came out of it like from that point on in my own head i was just like oh my god they really might lose this game when, yeah, when that, it felt that, like that point, 20 seconds uh, before I thought they were going to win it. Like I was just like, they're absolutely going to win. There's a, uh, there's a kid that goes to uh, Northern Colorado, Connor Creech. He plays on the basketball team. He's from Hastings, Nebraska. And he was at this event with me and he's watching with me on the phone. Right. He's like, he's on the basketball team at UNC. We're standing there BSing, watching the game. And we're like celebrating high fiving. I got this like six foot five kid hugging me in the middle of this large event with 1500 people there screaming, yelling at the top of his lungs, go big red. And then all of a sudden, like, the language he used after that onside kick is the <laughs> language I wanted to use tonight. And yeah. I, I'm sorry, I'm really still not over it. I'm just trying to smile and nod politely. Well, I think, I think some of it is, you know, it's one play, right? And I think that's important, but there's also this thing, momentum in a game. Yep. We had 28 points at that point, 35 minutes into the game, 28 points. You are on track at that point with 25 minutes left. You're on point. We're going to score 38 to 45, probably somewhere in that range. Yeah, it's kind of, sure. kind of the thought. Yeah. And so the idea that, you know, Hey, we're doing well. Um, let's, let's make a really risky play. It's 25% odds that you're going to, you're going to get a, a, a onside. That's roughly about 25% of them come in. So it's not real good odds. It's, and you're putting your defense in a really bad spot. Um, that had not been successful all day. Let's that let's, hadn't been. There's so many questions I have in my head about it because Coach Ross. I mean, if nothing else, he was at least accountable after the game. He said, "I that's on me. I called it. I did that." My question, though, is is from a coaching staff perspective, is that something that Bill Bush, you know, did he agree yeah, with it? Did, do they know. have the ability to say, "Hey, you know, can I veto you here? This isn't 
you know, this isn't the right time to do this. Yeah. Is Eric Shenander over there sitting sitting there saying, hey, I don't want to, you know, coach. Yeah, give I, me I, all 80 yards, coach. I can stop go when you give me 80, you know. Because <laughs> Northwestern, like all, season, all game long, Northwestern has shown they, they made mistakes on first downs. They had penalties at times that put them behind. Make Force them to go 80 yards. Force them every time to do that. They'll take up a bunch of ch- a chunk of time too in the process, but force that to happen. And th- take that's up all the, the time you want. We're up eleven. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, we could have stopped them, forced a field goal. I, I just, missed, from my perspective, earlier in the game. From my perspective, what I don't like seeing is very strange things in football games that you never see anyone else do. That's the things I don't like. If you go yeah, back to the Illinois game a year ago. You never see guys run into the end zone to catch a punt and then, you know, throw it out of bounds for it just never happens. So those are like you don't want to see that stuff. You don't want to see 30 yards of penalties on one play like we had last year where you intercepted a ball. But no, now you've hit the quarterback and then you taunt them and then they get, you know, first downs. Those are weird moments in games where it's like only us. Right. I've never I, I can't think of a time I've seen someone choose to kick an onside up 11, five minutes into the second half. I just don't get it. I, I I don't get it. Even if we landed on it, I don't get it. And yeah, that's not revisionist. I'm not looking back on that now and saying that. I, I wish I had the guys. <laughs> I wish Mac was sitting here with me right now. Those guys, <laughs> we all, everyone here, everyone sat there at that moment and said, what in the world was that? Brock Heward went on and just uh, you know, m- immediately was like, I, I don't get it. So <laughs> that's not the only reason we lost. I want to be very clear, though. Sure. That's not the only reason we lost. But my goodness, that I think you can point to that time as that was a moment where Things shifted. Did that feel like the clipboard moment, like from the Illinois game last year, where he's like, oh, they lined up in a weird front, took the clipboard, started calling the offense, right? It's like all of a sudden, this onside kick felt like a clipboard moment with Bill Bush, where he's like, let me do this on special teams. I know what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, it's yeah, possible. It, it, I kind of wondered that. I wonder if he felt like, you know, when Northwestern went for it on fourth and short, when everyone said they probably shouldn't have and succeeded, it's almost like he took that as a challenge. They're showing they want to win, so I have to do the same. I mean, I don't know. That's yeah, that's such a bizarre risk. choice. I still don't understand it. Risk it days like. days later. I I seriously I, I never lose sleep whenever this team loses. Like I just don't. don't? I, I no, I don't. I haven't like, slept good in two days. I, I dude, I'm a Raiders fan. I've said this. Like I've seen so many losses in the last twenty years. Like it doesn't phase me as much. I go through the stages of Kubler Ross's like, you know, death and dying. Like faster than anybody you know when it comes to football but i seriously woke up like i had to get up in the middle of the night and move out to the couch because i was tossing and turning so much on saturday night into sunday and i never do that and this is might be the first time i can say that nebraska football has really made me lose sleep the day after the game not the excitement for the because i got up at six in the morning the day of the game i was so excited i woke up i was like it's football baby yeah yeah and i woke up on around. sunday and i was like i didn't i never want to watch another game again in my life <laughs> Well, uh, that's we've probably beaten the the onside kick um, well enough. Yes, yeah, so uh, it, it, it wasn't a successful during the game, and uh, we can can let it go. But it definitely might be what something we'll look back at at the end of this season and, and really see if it ends up being a signature moment in the uh, Scott Frost era. That's right. Alumni Hall, they just opened up a sweet new shop in downtown Lincoln. I believe it took over one of the other shops. What shop was that, Honky? It was Husker headquarters. They also have one at 56 and um, Highway 2. So yeah. there's two locations in Lincoln now. And yeah, and they just they just opened up there. And next time I'm in Lincoln, I'm definitely looking forward to going there and checking out this the store itself. You know, we we've we've gone around the Haymarket, checked out a couple stores there, but apparently this one is top notch and and you know, number one with all of like the actual licensed 
you know, swag and everything. And I got my shirt there too. So a little Herbie love going on and, you know, rock and roll, uh, mm-hmm. you know, again, that's alumni hall and you can also check their stuff out alumni hall.com backslash Nebraska. I think it is. And you can see all of the stuff to purchase from them through there. Cause they will send it to you in the mail. And now scoring explosion, the offensive breakdown. Let's turn our attention to the offense and uh, tackle the scoring explosion where we talk about all things Husker offense. And Honky, you you, you started to mention this earlier, but the um, the run-pass ratio here was something I really wanted to talk to you more about because obviously, um, you know, I, I've, I was listening to a lot of radio today and, and I don't think anybody's quite hit on it the way I, I saw it in the sense that we started throwing the ball right off the bat, very successfully. And we've had this debate on the show. Is Whipple going to be a pass first guy or not? Sure. Look like he's a pass first guy, but it was successful initially, right? A very successful, uh, but you had a lot of time to, to practice those plays that were scripted and, and execute them at a high level. And, and we sure did that. Um, and even uh, through the, the first half, we had a, a pretty effective pass offense, uh, but it wasn't a run first offense. And that's where you're pointing out this run pass ratio where we only actually run the ball 20, 29 times, which uh, it sounds bad enough, but it's really the yardage. If it wasn't for Anthony Grant's one 46-yard dash, um, we're talking about, what, uh, 60, 70 yards and change that we ran for um, on on 28 plays. It's, it was really an ineffective a run game. And, and you know, as the game wore on and um, Northwestern mounted their comeback, uh, you saw them have a lot more success with their pass rush and um, we're um, jumping on our routes a lot more, right? So it's interesting. You know, Frost has that quote um, saying that our offense of um, staff needs to be more creative. And I want to completely um, push that to the side because I think there's some some merit there because I think Northwestern figured out what we were doing from a route combinations and those type of things. And, and uh, you know, maybe Whipple can learn from, from that and be a little bit more creative as a game goes on to keep uh, defenses guessing. Um, but I, I looked at it as we didn't establish the run first. And so even though we were successful passing the ball initially, if you can't run the ball, um, eventually the defenses in the Big Ten are going to pin their ears back and apply pressure. And we talked about Casey Thompson last week, very good when he has a clean pocket, not so good when he doesn't. Well, yeah, he got a lot more pressure in that second half and he wasn't the same quarterback. Honky, I mean, how do you see that unfold? I mean, in the frustrations with not establishing that run game, it just just got to eat you up inside. Well, uh, I've been told for a long time you have to be able to throw the ball downfield and have a good passing game to open up the run, and I, I, I'll say that's bullshit from day one all along the way. What we need is mobility out of the quarterback. That's what stresses defense. We saw it in the one play when Smothers got on the field – and all of a sudden, there was a hole. That little yeah. speed option. There's a that's wow. There's a hole. We just got better blocking that one that one play. And he goes eight eight yards down the field, and then we you know happen to get a fifteen yard face mask on him too. Now I'm not saying put Smothers in bench bench uh, Thompson. There's got to be an in between here. I thought with Thompson, or I thought with Purdy, and I think with any of our quarterbacks, they're mobile enough that you can run some of those counters and some of those options speed options with those guys and those are the things that can stress the defense sideline to sideline i i'm all for a good downfield passing game too i'm all for it i i think 
by all means, I think Thompson was a huge step up in a in the pocket passing game versus Martinez. I don't think there's even a doubt with that. But if that's what if that's what this offense is just going to become, if it's literally just going to become what Pitt was, um, I don't think we don't have Pickett, we don't have Addison. That's not we're in a completely different conference. That that uh, that's not a recipe for success long term. If if this is what we're going to do. So I, I don't disagree with you about the running quarterback. I, I think it does stress a defense. We've seen that under Scott Frost and, and other coaches uh, for, for decades here at Nebraska. Uh, but a lot of the Big Ten doesn't deploy a mobile quarterback per se. Ryan Helensky sure. wasn't a mobile quarterback. Northwestern ran for 200-plus uh, yards and had five yards of carry. They had two good running backs. Um, there was holes to run through. They were effective just handing the ball off and not – and, and, and effectively running the ball. And so, you know, I mean, we were hoping to see a, an offensive line that was better at, at run blocking, that was more aggressive, and uh, against a Northwestern defensive front that was relatively inexperienced. I think they had one or two guys back, but most of their returning starters on the defense was in their secondary. Um, they really didn't get any line push, right? You know, so I totally don't – I totally see what you're saying, but, I mean, just breaking down the game, I mean, like, I mean, how do we get a better push – well, from that that offensive line, I mean, against Rob Zaska would tell you you got to get lower. It o- it always starts with yeah. the low man wins. I don't disagree there. Um, we also, you know, Wisconsin, Iowa, uh, Minnesota, Illinois. I mean, those are a lot of teams right now. They're not going to have real mobile QBs either. Nope. They're also going to throw two tights in, two tight ends, three yeah. tight ends, real the fullbacks out the, there. Yeah. It's a different style. Um, yeah. This. Uh, if we're going to run this style of, of shotgun spread, four wide receivers out there, um, number one, I mean, we better be good blocking with our wide receivers. And there's a couple of plays. There's a good one where Grant gets around the outside and one of our wide receivers doesn't uh, doesn't have a very good block, and that's the guy that pushes them out of bounds instead of Grant having a much longer run. Better have really good blocking wide receivers if you're going to run that style. That's a different-looking style than when Iowa goes out there with double tights and, and – and triple tights and, and, you know, my gosh, we'll play Minnesota and they'll put seven linemen on the field. So that's, that's one way that they counter it. So it's not, it's not just as simple as saying, Hey, just get a more mobile QB out there. But, but in our case, the style of offense that we're going to run with the, with the shotgun and spread, I like the mobile QB with it. There's there are gaps that, that are created by that, that spreading them out. I, I think it just, it's become so oversimplified. Like we just didn't push the other team the way they pushed us. And it's like, man, there's so many times when, there's so many times it, we're either outnumbered or, you know, or somebody, you know, somebody's missing the block or whatever it is, but it's also very to use Frost words. I don't think he should say it. I think he should say that to his staff that we need to be more creative. Cause I think it comes off very wrong in a, in a press right. conference and becomes yeah. a quote that gets used against him, but he's not wrong. It wasn't creative. It's shotgun hike. Here we go. Handoff done. How many, how many option motions do we see in the backfield? How many times did you see guys coming across, even if they were fakes? How many times did we ever pull the quarterback and then and actually run? I mean, I don't want 25 carries out of my quarterback, but the quarterback has to be a threat to run to be to, to take the eyes of the, the defense too. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah, never I mean, it never happened. I, I saw one RPO, I think, in case he yeah. would have kept it, would have went for a mile. And I like, thought they, for, they didn't, you know, they weren't scared of metal. That's what I thought this offense on day one was going to be with the marrying of some of the 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 frost and the the Whipple stuff. So I think that Frost was getting frustrated by that. There was the third and two that they 
handed the ball off to Grant and he didn't get it. And if Casey keeps it, I mean, he has five yards yeah, walking. That's what I'm thinking about. Yep. Okay. So Frost is frustrated. All right. I get it. But again, what are the conversations that we're not, none of us, by the way, are privy to. None of us fans have any idea. What are the conversations that Frost and Whipple have had all offseason? Because if that's the offense that this is what Whipple ran. So, I mean, there's no shocker there. This is Pitt's offense. But if Frost doesn't like that, then the, you know he shouldn't be finding that out in the second quarter against Northwestern. He should, you know, they should have it pretty well defined what this is going to look like before they they get out there. Yeah, a couple things here, uh, Boomer. Can you bring that back up that that question? Because I think Honky, you can clarify yourself a little bit here. Uh, Cole um, has a question. He says, completely disagree. Do Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois run a creative offense? That's not what Honky's actually saying at all. He's mm-hmm. agreeing with you that they run actually a more boring offense. Um, but Honky's saying if if we are going to run a, a shotgun spread without double tights and all those type of things, we need to be more creative on how we run the ball. If, if we're going to run the ball with a heavy set like Iowa and Wisconsin do, a whole different story, right? But we're not Correct. doing that personnel package. Is that what you're trying to say, Hunk? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to – ideally, we are some kind of hybrid offense of being a shotgun spread. But if you have a little bit of mobility out of your QB, which is what Thompson can bring, which is what Purdy could bring and some others yeah, and all those absolutely. guys, then you can do some of the option out of it. Um, but we didn't do any of that. We literally just sat in a pocket, which was a good pocket, by the way. Again, for all the talk of how bad this offensive line yeah. is, and or you know, and was going to be and, break down in the second half, and yeah. how terrible their pass blocking were. They were really good in it. I mean, we did. I'm really impressed with a lot of the O line play. We didn't make any of the mistakes of the the offsides and the jumps and all those things either. I mean, I was impressed with some of that. But but teams are just teeing off on our run game, and we didn't look like we ever had a counter to it. And uh, that part. You know, we're not good enough just to just just a power over team. I promise you that. But yeah. look at our sets that we have out there. We don't look like we're going to power you over either with four wides out there all the time. Yep. Rob, so is that something well, you can fix now? I guess. Now, Rob, you want to say something? Sorry. Well, no, I, and it's okay. Is it something that we can fix? And I think that that kind of it actually is part of what I was going to talk about was the biggest the biggest uh, what I say strength coming out of camp right for our offensive line was supposed to be for the run game. Right. That's what we heard. Yeah. Right. And, and so that was really frustrating, especially when we had the ball first down after that stupid penalty that Northwestern had, I think it was on like second or third count down near the goal line gave us first and goal. They gave the ball to Yant twice and he couldn't even get two yards. They couldn't even block enough up front to give him two yards to get into the end zone. And that's Yant. This is our guy. That's like, you know, three yards and carry, carry four guys for another six yards. So that in my head was just like, okay, there's something else going on here when it comes to scheme that they're not doing to get them that two yards. Because then at that point they did focus on Yant on the third down. They, I actually saw a couple of guys follow him over, yeah. I think to the right side. And that's when Thompson was able to go forward for the touchdown. Right. But, yeah. and, 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 our line got hot. And, our line got high about, on those, on those goal you, line runs. Yeah. That, that and was, when you, that was bad. And, yeah, it was really bad. And, and, also, Northwestern, as pointed out multiple times, Northwestern was really only rushing four guys the whole game with our pass offense. And so that gave an advantage. But what happened towards the end of the game when they all of a sudden they decided to, you know, blitz a guy? Some of them went blindside sack on, on Thompson where he just got leveled. And because and, and it was right past right past uh, Prozaska, or God, I can never Pro-Hoska. say that, Prohaska, right? It just went right right behind him almost like stepped on his heel as he was running by just to, you know, throw an injury to insult, you know, and, 
you know, he just missed the guy completely, you know. So I don't know. I mean, they need I mean, to fix it. Hopefully these next so Rob, two weeks boomer to your Boomer to your question, Rob doesn't think so, <laughs> at least right now. No, oh, I want to see it. Prove I think it what your answer to, to, to Boomer's question is, is that you need to – if you're going to run the formations we're running, you need to have the mobile quarterback to open things up. Otherwise, you need to change – your entire philosophy and go with heavier sets and actually really try to, to just man up and, and bowl them over. Yeah. Well, at, at the very least, we know no matter what you need to be able to run the football in this, this league. I mean, I yep. keep hearing about Purdue as some outlier, but if Purdue is what we're shooting for as the, the model of success, even that is already we're, we're at fault if we're saying that, but this is, this is 44 passes to 29 rushes being called this this isn't even close to 50 50 and this is in a game that we had the a double digit lead a couple times so it's not like we were coming from behind and had to throw the ball all the time i mean this is that is not a recipe for success perfect running situation you know you're 11 so you know i'll throw this one back to you boomer um to honky's point there with that run pass ratio 44 to 29 i guess is what he's saying from a play calling standpoint um you know, there's a quote that's that Frost had at the postgame presser, all, again, talking about the offensive staff saying that they need to have better communication. Right. And I, that one really, really puzzled me because I'm like, I mean, you've had eight months essentially to build, you know, this communication of how we're going to do this and, and what my philosophy is and what Whipple's philosophy is. And, and hey, this is how we're going to going to do this. And that then Whipple's making the play calls. I mean, is, is there, where's a, a miscommunication going on? The coordination wasn't well enough going into the game one. It's, it's got to be a concern, right? Yeah, it was. And that, I, I wondered about that comment too. I mean, you hit it on the head. If, you know, you're the CEO coach of this. That should have been solved weeks ago. I mean, that shouldn't be a question after your first conference game, week zero, whatever it is, especially in this kind of scenario where you know these games are critical to your continued employment as a head coach at this university. You need to have this stuff figured out. You've had spring ball all summer to work on it, you know, without the players, figure out what you want to do, fall camp to work this out. I I didn't, I was kind of flabbergasted by that. And, you know, it also kind of just is, is odd compared to the, a previous statement that Frost made, you know, he doesn't care how we score as long as we score points. Well, if, you knew what you were getting and now you want to change it. And, you know, if you had something in mind, you should have installed that, you know, in yeah, this time you did. had, and I don't, I don't know why we hadn't, I don't know who's mm-hmm. calling the shots behind all this. It's just, it's just really bizarre and I don't get it. And it is odd. And, and, you know, and just like what honky was saying, when you talk about what's successful in this conference, it wasn't a conference game, but I did watch Illinois play, you know, the next game yep. uh, right. played Wyoming. They had, I think it was uh, 40, 40 passes, 41 rushes. Great, but up nearly 500 yards, 138 to 6, one handily. Year two in Bielema looks pretty good. I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. that's what you want. I don't know. It seems to be, but it's just, yeah, where we're Wyoming, at, I don't know. Wyoming Illinois has an identity. Bad. I don't know if we do yet. And Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. it's early to read into game versus game. I mean, I don't, we don't know anything about Wyoming yet or anything and wasn't played in the altitude, but Vokalek, <laughs> you know. Vokalek looked really good while we had him in yeah. the early. And he was a difference maker uh, on a lot of those intermediate passes and across the middle. He was the guy that, uh, you know, what I think he ended up with maybe five catches, was it? But uh, he was he made his presence known, big body guy across the middle. When he's hurt the rest of the yeah. game, we struggled not just with whether it was him or whether it was Burke Korcher or, the you know, the backup mm-hmm. um, tight end. 
Yeah, he struggled. Whether it's him or it's, you know, Martin going across the middle or eventually it's Wyatt Lever going across the middle. But uh, we had multiple drops. We had the two interceptions across the middle. And I don't really know that I'd put it, hang either one of those on, on Casey Thompson. I mean, the, the one to, to Martin was really weird. Like, it just looked like he didn't make a play on it. Or, it did I see it yeah. different than you guys? I like, it just seemed yeah, like he should have just, yeah. just get your hands up. And, like, I, I, it was like he didn't know it was coming at yeah, him. Yeah, that's, that's how I looked at it. He wasn't really so watching for it. It's happened more than it, once so with Oliver know. Martin. Yeah. And and there's another – I mean, Oliver Martin's a, a wide and way to, to talk about this a little bit. is just, like, the personnel packages. Oh, I, Martin doesn't catch a ball. Yeah, I don't see him that much, especially early in the game. But this, the the last drive has a completely different wide receiver package than what we started with. We don't see Ramir Johnson play barely at all, except for being the gunner on special teams. Uh, Gabe Irvin is dressed and healthy, doesn't play. Um, it just there's just some some weird things there where you're like, I, I just don't understand why some of this is happening. You know? Yeah, well, and I thought that good. was. Yeah, and especially with the running backs, I thought that'd be something we'd see a little different. I mean, that was one of our big complaints last year was just the weirdness of the running back rotation. Yeah, and granted, again, this is one game, but I didn't understand a lot of it in this game either. So, and then, I, don't and Grant was, I thought Grant was going to be the that workhorse. It felt like it, you know, the first the first yeah, time amount of carry, right. so he yeah, kind of did. did. Yeah, his closest had, thing to it. But yeah. you know, obviously, um, Ramir. And the lack thereof, and, and and I don't know, did he even play? There was a number fourteen. There was a number fourteen that was on punt team. I that think him. that was that him. was Ramirez Johnson. He was that he was gunner Gabor or whatever, punts. right? Because yeah. we have that was Ramirez Johnson. Okay. Yeah. So and and the reason why that's important, and and we are not in the neighbor or we're not in the we don't do a bunch of rumor stuff. I mean that is, leave that to the message boards and all that garbage. But there was garbage that he wasn't uh, playing because of some reason that, you know, he got in some trouble, right? Well, no, he's out there. He just wasn't playing. Right. Um, and God, I can't stand all this message board BS anyways. I mean, just ridiculous, but, but he was out there, but he wasn't playing in the positions that all off season, Hey, he's going to be this wide back. I mean, if anyone's going to play a lot, it's going to be him as a wide receiver or as a running back and some kind of hybrid between the two. And that's perfect because what, as we had a couple of wide receivers, not playing uh, Omar Manning yeah, was right. You know, that day of, you know, but it, also as the, as the game went on, you didn't see as much of like Washington and, and, and some of those yeah. guys and, and they were putting Brody belt in and putting Wyatt Lever. And so it's like, okay, well, where's Ramirez? I mean, it, all of a sudden, I, again, yeah, I just didn't right. understand. The, the last drive is when you think you would have someone like Ramirez Johnson in there as that relief valve that he just like leaks out and 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 Casey floats it out there for a, a pass and you see if he breaks it or something. But no, he's not out there. It's Wyatt Lever or Brody Bell. It just, I, I just don't get it. I yeah, just, Boomer, can you post that last one again? The last comment there. Okay, I came in late, but to say Casey didn't do good with a dirty pocket is an ultra is huge scramble completion plus the bad snap completely show you didn't need a totally clean pot. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, he showed some, he showed some mobility. I want, I, and my impression is that he has the mobility to be able to call plays around that. Yeah. He scrambled. Great. That's a great point. That person made there. He, he scrambled out of two different kind of bad scenarios and made plays out of it. That's great. But I want to see some called speed options. I want to call, I want to see some things where he's actually, getting out of the pocket on run plays. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a, you know, a, an option motion behind him, but then you hand off out of that up the gut to make the defense have to play all sides. I, you know, this is a team that we ran for 400 plus yards on last year. 
And I, I sat in the end zone last year for that game. So I saw all the motion we we're doing all the way sideline to sideline, right, right. pitching the ball to bets and those guys handing it off up the middle. I mean, doing a bit of everything. The quarterback had some runs. It was, it was a little bit of everything. And we end up with a 35 minute to 25 minute um, time of possession lead on them a year ago. That got completely flipped around this year. Yep. We had it for 25 minutes. They had it for 35, um, you know, and we'll get to the defense. So I, that part of that is the defense is on the defense, why they had it for 35 minutes. Don't get me wrong, right. but it just, it's just bizarre. Now, one other thing I do want to bring up, cause I, I think it's fair. I mean, we're not trying to, we're not trying to totally crap on every single thing here. I, you know, there was a fumble that uh, we had called on us, a very oh. unfortunate one, a tough one, one that I, I don't understand what reviews are if I mean that was to me that felt like that was indisputable that they had a good angle on it Mike Pierre even said the same thing that they, there's an angle where it's like that's that should be overturned yeah. and it's it's terrible luck for us but um again I was proud of the team at times early on where that didn't destroy them right there at that time when they kicked yeah, us no. down to our two-yard line it didn't destroy us at that time so there's some resilience that maybe a year ago same thing happens to us and we and we just we collapsed right there, then and there. I didn't see that this game. Um, fortunately, that just makes it all the more bizarre why we why we did the onside because I was I felt yeah. like we had con- I felt like we yeah. had control over emotions and over the game and everything. And then that that one play, I mean, I just we just didn't seem like we had the same team again afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And you know, I mean, to the uh, comment about Casey Thompson good under pressure. I'm not saying he, he he wasn't good under pressure. He was good enough to win the game. We did not lose because of Casey Thompson. But after that throw that he made where he scrambled and connected for 59 yards or whatever, he was six of 14 with two picks, and I think he got sacked twice. Um, it just was a different different offense um, after that. And, uh, and it was a different receiving core again after that too. With Volkolik out, and then some some other. And and I if I was Casey, I would be getting frustrated at times. I was throwing, you know, he's throwing the ball to some guys and hitting them in the hands and it's bouncing yeah, off. Absolutely. Borg Kircher, you know, had one bounce off his hands and and certainly, you know, the 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 two interceptions, like we said, were questionable ones that could have just been caught. So he's sitting there, you know, this isn't it's not about putting the blame on one guy and we're not sitting here saying, Oh, bench this dude and bench that. It's just how do we make him more effective? And to me, I guess. And maybe I'm just totally seeing it wrong, but I, if if he's just going to sit in a pocket for 45 times a game, it just seems like we're wasting some of the talent that I was hoping we'd get out of having Casey. I figured that Casey would be able to do some things with his legs. Again, not I'm never calling for 25 carries a you know, game out of the quarterback like we were getting out of Martinez. I mean, we're we would get him killed too. You know, I mean, that's not what we're looking for, but just. There's that mobility that I think can make him even more dangerous, um, and that's what I, I'd like to see. There was a quite, or there was a comment too from um, uh, Ken about you know when all of our linemen are six six and taller, it's hard for those old linemen to get under you know to get low to get that leverage. That's very true. Go back and watch the the talk I had with with Rob Zaskin. I flat out asked him about that with like Ben Hart. You know Ben Hart six nine, and can you just move him to guard like some people were saying a off season? That seemed weird to have a six nine guard now. He brought up a great point about, uh, and I'm already forgetting the guy's name, but he was a tackle for us like about 10 years ago. He's from Hastings. Um, No, he was from Hastings, and he was a 6'9 guy, and they moved him into guard, and he actually played some in the pros. Totally going blank on his name, but um, it's it's not impossible, but it just, if if leverage is the thing, you know, you want 
big tall dudes on the outside, and then you want squattier guards and centers in the middle. That's that tends to be what your what your line is is built with. But um, uh, yeah, I, I overall, I just I think there's things you can do to help the the line in some of those situations. And and we did one play, one play with Smothers out there running that speed option. And funny how he just found the hole, right? Found the hole and went through it pretty clean and got about eight yards. And uh, my guess is that would be there more often if we ran that type of stuff a little more often. Does your business need easy, competitive financing for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best financing options for equipment, trucks, and other big ticket items. Just fill out an application and Currency Finance does the rest. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Go to gocurrency.com for details. Offers may vary and are arranged by Express Tech Financing LLC DBA currency pursuant to CFL license 60DB054873. It's time to throw the bones. All right, guys, good uh, breakdown of the uh, the offense there. Let's uh, talk defense uh, with throwing the bones and uh, break down the defensive performance, which... Um, I would say it was surprising. I mean, I, I did expect maybe a little bit of a step back, some regression. Um, I mentioned that I thought that this was, game was going to go on the over because I felt both defenses would be a little bit of a step slow because of you know, not having enough contact in, in practice and that like, might have showed up. Um, there was a lot of missed tackles. Um, our linebackers didn't play particularly well. Uh, we did not get a pass rush at all, practically. Uh, but we didn't really blitz uh, that much. It wasn't that exotic. We just tried to bring four. Um, and our secondary uh, seemed to be a little bit lost out there. Definitely some times where we didn't seem to uh, have the right coverages. And uh, Northwestern, a, a really bad offense last year. It was well in the hundreds um, as a national ranking. Um, dropped 528 yards on us. Boomer, um, now how, how does this defense um, over the next two weeks um, kind of regroup and get better and get ready for Oklahoma? That's a big question. I mean, luckily it's the you got the Mulkey brothers for the next two weeks, so I mean you'll get the, you'll get the squash matches there. They've got a lot of things to figure out. I mean, just in terms of the D line, they just you just weren't seeing a whole lot. I, I'm sure we weren't blitzing a whole lot. I don't know. Yeah, couldn't stop the run either. Though, yeah, so. what the thought process was behind not blitzing if you're trying to save stuff for later games. But again, at some point you can't be saving things because every game is very very important at this stage in your career so you really shouldn't be you know playing too close to the vest here and just weren't getting anything and and, and like i said earlier it wasn't like northwestern was doing some exotic blitz package they had mostly were just rushing their front forward occasionally throwing somebody in and then they eventually did start getting pressure on that we never did um you know we had for all our talk of our you know defensive ends this year or ends, their names just didn't come up that much i mean they they made tackles but you never heard yeah, them making this double edged tackles. Yeah, he had a, he had a lot of tackles nope, but no you never heard him like, you know, making that huge sack that shifted a series or, you know, got got us the ball back and it just they just seemed off for a good chunk of that game and so, you know, again, so, it's game 1, you don't want to overreact too much, but man, that's not what you wanted to see really coming out of that, especially with what Northwestern was last year. It wasn't like they added a ton. It was pretty much the same players as last year, a little more experience, but yeah, so they've got to figure things out in a hurry. So really, these you got two scrub weeks, and I don't know what you're going to be able to learn in these times, but maybe find some rotation, get a few other guys some more playing time, and 
mean, I think you can yeah. can correct some of those things. I mean, I think the missed tackling can get better relatively quickly. Um, and we've seen that happen before. Um, and you can scheme a, a pass rush if you have to. It didn't seem like Chins thought he was going to have to and um, didn't seem to even switch that up. Honky, I do have a question for you. I mean, it, it did feel like, you know, at halftime I'm sitting there and, and Northwestern already inflicted a fair amount of damage uh, getting these 528 yards uh going in the first half, but I was like, you know, I think, I think chins can, can do some corrections in the second half. And, and in fact, we came out and uh, we got a got an early stop. I think it might've been a three and out. And then we did give up a big play, but then I think it was Newsom created the turnover with the fumble and we capitalized and, and got two quick touchdowns. Um, so I was like, all right, I think, you know, this, this defense is going to play a lot better here in the second half. And now of course that's when the onside kick happens I would love to have seen what happened if that defense had 80 yards to defend that that drive because it felt like they were figuring some stuff out. But do you feel like ultimately they just got got worn down on the 85 plays because, um, you know, they just got tired and there was not enough depth? Or did Northwestern continue to, to tweak things and we just didn't didn't react well enough over the course of the whole game to to stop them because that 520 yards is a, is a lot? Yeah, they they definitely got worn down as the game went on. Now, is that because we didn't have enough depth or we just didn't play is the depth that we had? I mean, there's guys that, you know, we could have put in there for a drive here or there, linebackers, you know, but we really kind of stuck with with Henrich and, and Reimers for most of that, that game. I don't know how many backup snaps we got to. Uh, I, I, I never saw Snodgrass out there. I never saw Malga Clements, I don't think, playing – linebacker if, if i did or if, if you guys saw him you know correct was me Hausman was out there was Hausman out there at, he was out there be, quite a bit in the second half besides okay i have to watch some of that a little more closely there i just you know so obviously some of that rotation i know in the d-line i was watching a lot of d-line stuff is what i was really paying attention to and um and so they were trying to do some rotation there where where i saw some of the struggles and i'm curious we ran a lot of zone defense there and you see some of the communication gaps and errors. We saw it in the second quarter touchdown that they threw where it's just you know, two guys kind of handing somebody off from one zone next. Don't, don't, you know, one guy misses it and it, the dude's wide open. And we were replacing three guys in the secondary, three guys that had a lot of experience. We talked about that last week, Dave. I asked you that question, you know, would this be, uh, you know, is that a concern? And you go, it probably shouldn't be against Northwestern. You know, like we'll yeah, worry about that later. I, mean, I don't. Those Northwestern wide receivers are not playing the NFL guys. I'm telling you. And that, but that's they, they were, they're running open. That's part of where I'm like, we're for as much zone as what I was saying during the game was. I would like to have seen us take on a more aggressive approach, some blitzes, but also do a little more man to man against these guys. I mean, if the fear is that you're going to trip, you know, some guy's going to make one mistake and and. And in man-to-man, you give up a, a, a pass to a guy that's running deep. Well, we had the same thing happening in zone with guys just that just were miscommunicating zones there. And and so with those, it ends up being the exact same result that you don't want, except we're not being real aggressive out of the deal. And I would love to have seen us apply some pressure and, and blitz a little more than what we were. And so even like the play where they uh, they ran for 20 yards on us, and we and we but we forced a fumble – you know, there's Tanner, great hustle and everything. There's Tanner getting getting the uh, the, the fumble recovery. I, I want to see. I, I was expecting to see Tanner in the backfield more. I was expecting to see Oshan in the backfield more. I was expecting to see Nelson in the backfield more. And we had opportunities. There were third and tens and third and twelves times where I'm like, oh, here we go. Hey, we got him into third and long. 
this is where, man, watch what's going to happen. We're going to see dudes coming from all over. And it was just like, it was, it just felt like a very safe defense. And they'd be, there'd be passes across the middle and you'd see our defender in some zone behind them flat footed as they catch the ball. And it's just like, what, you know, just such little aggressiveness defensively at times. And, and we were our own worst enemy. So when I said that they had 35 minutes of, uh, of time in possession, it wasn't just because they were running the ball successfully on us. They would complete a third and 12 and keep their possessions going. And, you, you know, it, we got to get ourselves off the field there too. And so, um, you know, I mean, as, as negative and bad as everything sounds here, it still was only a three-point loss. And yet, but, you know, so are we close? <laughs> here we go. Are Were we close or is this – I don't know. I don't have a good answer here. This just doesn't – we we couldn't afford to lose this game, and now we really are in position where you, you've got to win. You, this is where it feels like Illinois last year. Now you've got to – I remember saying coming back from there, we've got to make up for an Illinois loss by going out and winning a game that you know we weren't supposed to. Um, we've got to win some games now that maybe we weren't supposed to. We've got to catch up. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I mean, you'd love – I mean, just from a perception, a momentum – Oklahoma is the obvious game that you would be the makeup. But, I mean, look, sure. let's hypothetically say you win the next two games. Mm-hmm. You lose versus Oklahoma, and you're 2-2. Two and two, But then you have, I believe, uh, Indiana, Rutgers, Indiana, and Purdue. Rutgers, Purdue. Yep. And then Purdue, right? And that, you could argue those are all three games that you could win. I'm not clearly saying we're uh, it's not going to be easy. But those are three winnable games. Now you're looking at a 5-2, and two, and to, to Boomer's point, this whole time, if we would have front-loaded all of our wins up front, that's not going to be successful either. So you're sitting at five and two with five to go. And if you pull off a couple upsets um, and you finish seven and five and you beat Wisconsin or something, maybe people think that's, that's enough. I don't know. Well, what, what we, what I've said for me, the non-negotiable is we've got to be going into November competing to win the West going into November. And so we're own sure. one right now in the West already. We're own one conference. I mean, you, you damn near, we better be, hitting some stride after the Oklahoma game when we play Indiana, Purdue, Rutgers, Illinois. I mean, we have got to win. I mean, damn near all four. You don't beat Oklahoma. You kind of have to win all don't you? I mean, if you want to be in line for competing for a West title, you got to win all four of those. Oklahoma's one one thing. You know, know, we lose to Oklahoma. You win those other ones. You're six and two at the at the eight game point. And four and one. If you're six and two and you're four and one in conference, at least we are competing for the West at that point. As you get into November, if we're losing games to I don't care any one of those Rutgers, Illinois does it just doesn't even matter. They're conference games. If we're sitting there at you know at three and two or two and three in the West, when you get to Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Michigan, I mean. That's yeah, that's a problem. That's it. Rob, can I back up a little bit? Because I just want to talk. I, I still want to talk a little bit about the defense and, and their struggles in this game, because Dave, you said something last week and it's the first time that any doubt creeped into my mind about this weekend. And, and no, it's not a bad thing because I swear to God, I'm going to twist this to be a positive. So just bear with me. But you had mentioned that Fitz record or something coming out of a bye week whether, you know, and, and how when he has a lot of time to prepare for a game, what his record is overall, right? Like, and I don't remember those numbers specifically, but you brought something up about that. And 
this is the first game of the season with a brand new defense with a brand new, basically probably some new defensive schemes in there. You know, we've got a brand new offense going on. Um, there on the defense? No. Well, no, you didn't say that. I'm saying I'm talking about it this year. It's pretty much, I mean, because they're running a couple new schemes or at least we hope they sure, are. They're gonna go okay. in more and they're going up against, and they're going up against Fitz. All right. And Fitz 17 years in this league, the guy knows what he's doing. All right. So, you're going to have to come up with some pretty creative stuff. My point is we're about to go into two weeks where we should just be up big going into half. We should win these games by multiple scores. And we're going to have a lot of time to try and figure out exactly what's going on on that side of the ball against these two teams. And hopefully somebody in the comments said something about these guys just haven't played together enough to understand where, where the other guys are going and know their tendencies. Hopefully they have these two weeks in live game action hitting people, hopefully tackling people to get it together by the time they go to Oklahoma to actually pull it together enough to bring all the talent that we know we have together and make this defense effective enough to beat the crap out of the Sooners. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, really what I'm hoping all for. About and, game reps. Yeah. yeah and I'm not trying to be a Kool-Aid drinker here or anything or make excuses. We got out coached. That, that is that's what it comes down to with Fitz. How many times can we say that? Well, we can say it quite a bit, but you know, and it's, but it didn't, it didn't, this did not look like last year's defense. Okay. It just didn't. And that's the side of the ball that we depended on last year. Yeah. That's not last year's defense. And I also saw another another stat that when, that when Frost team scores 35 points, they're 10 and 0. Which is crazy, right? Because yeah, they said that right before we yeah right before twenty eight we stopped scoring two. yeah yeah so, exactly yeah. so it's like so it's like let's just kind of see if they can figure it out over the next couple of weeks and and hopefully that's you know that's what happened and that'll completely change my depression I think well at, this I, point, you know? at, at <laughs> the very least at the very least I mean we can again I a lot this is going to be remembered as the onside game, I think people, you know, it's just easy to recall one play and just say, okay, so this is the, this is the onside game. People remember that, but that the onside didn't, wasn't the only thing that, that won or, you know, lost the game for us here. Um, if you, if you tell me that we're going to throw the ball 44 times to 29 rushes, I'm going to tell you that's bad going in. Even if you yep. told me we're going to have a 300 yard passer, 100 yard rusher and a 100 yard receiver, even if you told me that it's still 44 to, to 29 is that's pretty rough. On defense, if you tell me we're going to get zero sacks, the big max sack attack is not going to happen because we we don't get in the backfield. That's pretty rough. You know, we lose the the turnover. You know, I want we need to play clean football. Clean football was the word that we kept using. We were clean in the penalties. One one penalty to, to five five yards there, but but we had the three to one uh, turnovers and that killed us. What was the last one there, Boomer? The last question. Was, uh, was there's a question about whether Logan Smothers did he just come in? Was that planned or not? Or did uh, um, Thompson have a see? I think issue? I think that's a great question. And so you know, I was sitting there with Jack and those guys, and and they bring Smothers in. And if you remember, the last play prior to that drive for us, the last offensive play was the interception, and Thompson made a tackle, and so you know, Smothers is coming on the field and I'm like, Oh, whoa, whoa, what's wrong. And Jack's like, well, I, I wonder if like Smothers got hurt on that tackle. And, you know, immediately Thompson the got hurt on the tackle. Right. Yeah. If, yeah. If Casey, yeah. If Thompson got hurt on the, on the tackle and immediately, you know, your, your fears go to the worst spot. And then he comes on the next play and it's like, Oh no, they, they must've just wanted to at least mix it up. 
But then again, that leads to questions like, you know, is that something that Whipple just willingly, yeah, hey, this is the time to put Thompson on the field and run one? Or or is this Frost saying, hey, we, you know, I want you running this? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how well right. they're, you know, so, Frost said he wants yeah, a, more, I, a, a more creative yeah. offense. Is, is he trying to insert their, you know, his creativity? I don't know. Yeah, they need to ask that at the press conference tomorrow. I mean, was that a plan thing? Was it an equipment issue? Was it? Just well, we Thompson may, needed I mean, to do injury, something quick. Injury yeah. perspective, we likely will get an, a very vague answer because that's, yeah. they don't yeah. say anything. But several of the, the posts right there that you just did, Boomer, were saying, hey, you know, um, Casey's injured. His thumb got hurt. I've heard it all on the radio today. Yeah, there was Nothing. a lot of talk I have about no that. inside information whatsoever, guys. But, you know, they're like, oh, he. I, I literally heard that after he um, made that, made the scramble and throw that that him and Trey Palmer did a high five and it looked awkward. And they're yeah, like, oh, if you want to break it down frame by frame later, like, maybe we can, we can do that. Seriously. If you're bored, Redcast. Where's, where's Chaz Chaz and, guy and, and not injure your thumb. I mean, that's ridiculous. So yeah, I have where, no idea. Chaz that wouldn't be the most recent down. Nebraska thing ever to have our quarterback hurt his thumb on a high five. I mean, that would just yeah. be, yeah. Maybe it was the tackle. I don't know, but it, it did feel like he had a couple of throws where he did miss where he clearly made earlier, but he also was under more pressure in the second half, and that has nothing to do with the thumb. So um, we're going to find out next week, um, you know, what he looks like. And and, um, and if he's really injured, you, you would think you'd – and it's a thumb and it just needs some rest, you, you wouldn't play him that much, or if at all. Mm-hmm. So. I once broke an Apple Watch doing a high five, so I know those things can be dangerous. <laughs> Thanks, Rob, for that deep insight there. Really appreciate it. Um, all right, Honk. Uh, I think we're wrapping up the defense here. Do you have anything you want to go uh, talk about before we head to the betcast? Was that a pun, Dave? Wrapping up in defense? <laughs> no, I mean, before I head up, I mean, look, this is not, I don't know. We, we've just done so many of these shows, and it is, it's so hard to get up to do these shows. And, and so I appreciate all the, the people that have been on it. There's actually more people following today than, than I thought there would be. Um, it's not nearly what we had last week, and I don't blame those people who, who didn't show up this week either. <laughs> um, look, it's very early in the season. This is I'm trying to treat this team differently than last year. I'm trying to treat it differently than two and three and four years ago um, under Frost. Okay, this team is different than the other ones. Hopefully they can come back. Let's have two weeks the way that they had a year ago with Fordham and Buffalo. Get Get a couple wins under your belt. And uh, and and let's create uh, some excitement around Oklahoma coming here that weekend. I think that's really important, and and that becomes a big game for a lot of national reasons and and the rivalry and all that. And and let's get a win in a game that uh, right now people aren't predicting us to win. Okay, I mean that's that's where our focus goes to. I it, it's not that the season's over right now or anything, but this was a really rough way to start. And but what's crazy is for all the the great culture that North, Northwestern has and all that stuff. Still ends up being a three-point win. You know, what I mean, it, 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 we're right there. We're right there, but boy, we just we got to stop finding every different possible way to lose football games. Because uh, yeah. at the end of the day, none of the none of the stats matter. None of this, and it's it's only what happens on the scoreboard is what matters. We've said that all off season, and what happened on the scoreboard is we lost by three, and we're zero and one. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. 
Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning into the 10th annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Now back to our show. The BetCast Picks of the Week. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> producer Skip having a little bit of fun there. Um, I don't know if we have picks of the week quite yet because this is a Monday and uh, I don't know if there's even a line out on Nebraska playing North Dakota because uh, there's not CS school. Um, eventually that will come out. Um, but let's uh, take a quick look at how we did last week. And if it wasn't for Skip and Rob going head to head on that Nevada, New Mexico state game, we could have uh, gone Four and O as a boomer. Uh, you were sweating it there a little bit. No, no doubt in my mind, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Austin P. Western Kentucky, I think, got up to 65 or so. Is 65. Right? I had a point and a half to spare. So. Yeah, yeah, plenty. Um, but I was not sweating my Illinois versus Wyoming game. That was a walk in the park. Um, and Rob, um, you were sweating this one a little bit as Mexico State actually. Uh, had a chance to definitely close on that game. They they um, did. They were they were winning like I think in the first half too. I at one point I tuned in and I was like, oh figures. Like I because I was like, God, New Mexico State just they can't be there's no way they would beat Nevada. And you you seem pretty um I would say uh what what's the word I want to use? You I was concerned about you were Nevada. Concerned, Everyone you were concerned is. about it. You you kind of had this, you know thought you put it out there and but i was just like no man it's nevada like new mexico state nevada should be able to pull this out and they did they did um they had you know a little bit worried there they've got a (laughs) a a season win total i think of four or four and a half and uh i mean that's that was a very trendy pick nationally to take the under on that um because they they obviously lost their head coach to colorado state and a bunch of their players and is a bit of a bit of a mess um but, uh, hey, you got this one at least. Uh, we'll see what they look like uh, going forward. Um, but, you know, I had other games that I, I had some success with last week, even though it wasn't my best bets, I, I mentioned on the show Vanderbilt um, should beat Hawaii. Um, I took that game at 6.5. I think it closed at 9.5, and, and they won 63-10. to 10. So that was an easy win. Um, and, um, and obviously I, I suggested to take the over on the Nebraska game. A lot of people, um, including Vegas Jair, thought completely different on on that, but I, I landed that unfortunately. <laughs> um, any others out there, Boomer or Rob, that uh, you played last week that you were uh, particularly proud of? Honestly, I I didn't have time to really uh, put anything down on Saturday because, like I said, I I was I had a work event that I was. Rob, this is a show event, for so. degenerate gamblers. I, I, mean, I you're I, not randomly betting <laughs> against like. Uh, the Florida A&M Rattlers uh, versus North Carolina. What are you doing on this show? Well, you know, that's, that's a good, I often ask myself that question too, Dave. I, I, I do. So I'm, uh, I, I, yeah, I apologize. I mean, I, I well, had I want, some work I want obligations. more and... degenerate bets later on as the season warms up a little uh, bit. Week zeros. Yeah. Yeah. And it was week zero. So give me a break on it that too. True, I mean, there, was, there was only one game I cared about last week. And um, after that one was over. I just stopped caring about any more college football for the rest of the day for the most part. Right. So. That's too bad because I enjoyed a fair amount of college football. Um, before we start talking about um, the week one matchups, which uh, should be more interesting, I want to remind everyone again about the Yahoo Fantasy College Football 
pick'em game we have going on. Uh, look for Go Big Redcast bets. Group ID fifty two zero nine, and uh, hit the Betcast password. And uh, I think I just looked. There's about twenty five folks. Uh, probably several of you that are listening are already on. But uh, if you're if you haven't already joined and you're listening, go for it. Um, uh, it should be a, a great season. And uh, the winner, hopefully, if um, if they want to, uh, we could be on a, a fan forum sometime in the future um, as a reward for taking home the grand prize. That's unless one of the Redcasters um, actually takes home first. And then we, uh, I don't know what we get to do. We'll just do um, like a random draw for who gets to come on. And they can talk to Honky because that it would be a punishment if they had to talk to me. So. <laughs> Last place has to talk to Rob on a show. Yeah, last place has to do a lunch cast with me, and I get to ask all the questions. So yeah, that'd be hilarious. God, that's motivation for me not to not to finish last. That's for certain. Uh, God, that'd just be torture. I mean, I'm gonna have nightmares. <laughs> Thank about you. That. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I. Well, I, mean, uh, I could come. Give me an excuse to come down to Denver. We could play golf, and we could just like stream, do Streamyard from the golf cart. That'd be cool. We do have some new equipment that we're going to use on our um, big uh, media day when uh, we're at the Georgia Southern game, and we could we could potentially do a, a golf course redcast. But I could we'll figure like, that Dave, out. You don't want to use your five iron here. You definitely could use a different <laughs> one because because that's definitely happened before. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start talking about some games here. And you know, I mean, we don't have any graphics up uh, unless Boomer, you want to bring anything up. Um, but I think as we go forward, we'll try to get a little more technology here on the on the YouTube screen so we can see some of the games. We're not picking any games here. We're just kind of highlight maybe a few that we might be interested in. And uh, there's a lot of games all week. It's Labor Day weekend, right? So we start on mm-hmm. Thursday night. Got games on Friday, Saturday. I think there's even one on on, on Sunday and then uh, on Monday night, right? I mean, we just got college football for uh, four or five straight days. Um, one of the early ones that I've got my eye on from a betting perspective is Mark Whipple's old crew, Pittsburgh is a seven and a half point favorites versus uh, the Mountaineers of West Virginia um, at home. That's a revisit of the backyard brawl, right, Boomer? That's correct, Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the great rivalries out there. I don't know. Do they play for a trophy of some sort with that? Or they just like get a couch? They just light a couch on fire. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it should be a fun game to watch. Um, Pat Mar- Narduzzi might completely you know, have that pit offense running the ball about 80 times a game. That's what he likes to do. That's why him and Whip uh, separated. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But I kind of like Pitt to cover that. Uh, I think Pitt could be, once again, relatively relatively good this year. Um, and the other one I'm looking for on a Thursday night is uh, the Big Ten matchup, Penn State versus Purdue. We got Penn State on the road in West Lafayette, three-and-a-half-point favorites, total of 53-and-a-half. Um, any, any thoughts on that, guys? Well, yeah, I that was kind that, of it. Oh, go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I think this game will be interesting to me from the perspective that I really want to see who Purdue is as a team right now. And I know, again, it's only week one, so it'll be different. But Penn State, you kind of always know who they are, right? Like, you know who they're going to be, what kind of offense they run, what kind of defense they usually always have. So it'll be interesting to me to see who Purdue is as a team this year and what, what their offense is going to look like. Cause they did lose quite a few guys, I think on the offensive side and, you know, they're going to be um, an interesting team to me. A three and a half point spread seems to 
say to me in a lot of ways too that people are a little bit higher on them than i expect because there's people that are pretty high on penn state this year thinking that they're not going to be the six and six team that they were last year right so um i i it'd be interesting to me i mean this would be probably like not going to touch it with a big 10 foot pole i think pick of the week it's a hard one to read i agree rob yeah yeah, it is and and especially because if that's the way vegas is feeling about it you know what do they know because usually a game like this you see it going in and even though it's a big 10 game you'll see like a seven and a half maybe you know eight and a half naturally i think penn state would be a a bigger at least at least like a full touchdown lead and they're not so that's interesting well, I think that yeah, I'm gonna watch that one closely. Even think, even the money line's not that confident. It's only plus one forty five for Purdue right now. So, yep. Um, other Friday night Big Ten game is that those New Mexico State Aggies already with yeah. the game underneath their belt is taking on Minnesota. Um, huge line there, Minnesota thirty six and a half. That's a lot for Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the ones I was keeping an eye on. That's 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 an awful lot of points for a Gophers team that doesn't tend to go crazy and completely blow teams out. Um, I'll be interested to see what they do. You know, New Mexico State has a game under their belts. Minnesota's got that offensive coordinator coming back. I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, that was there a couple of years ago. And Soraka. Yeah, Soraka, yeah, yeah, Soraka. And you've got Tanner Morgan on, I think, his ninth year veteran there. And you know, Moe Ibrahim is back. He's so on his, like, second healthy. contract, I think. Yeah, Homer. exactly. He got a good extension last year. So I, that's just a lot of points for the Gophers. I, I'd be hard pressed on that one. I'm going to give that one some thought later on this week too. So that it just seems like a lot. So for a team that doesn't tend to score a lot because they don't want to necessarily. So. Yep, that's right. Other Big Ten games. Uh, there's they're sprinkled out throughout the whole weekend here. Michigan State's on Friday night versus Western Michigan, um, favored by 22. Um, but the one that's more interesting is an actual Big Ten matchup, and Illinois. Yes. With a, a one and zero record, it's playing on a Friday night, so only only six days between games. They're going to have two games underneath their belt before the games that kick off on Saturday. Some teams will even have played a game; They'll, they could be two and zero. Um, and they are in Bloomington to take on Indiana. A lot of people are very down in Indiana, um, but we'll, we'll see. It. And this is where it's intriguing to me. Hoosiers are favored by three. I, yeah, I don't get that line. I'd, I'd jump on Illinois right now if you had. If you're betting on that, I don't know what what they're saying that I'm not. But Illinois looks pretty the, confident. Is it, is it yeah. the lack of rest? I don't. I, don't I, I, I think it's. I, I mean, I I actually I lie a little bit. I did watch some of that game. I was driving somewhere and I was in the car for about an hour and a half, and I had the you Illinois. You're watching the game, watching while driving. driving. Well, no, I was listening. I'm sorry, I was listening to the game. It was it was it was. I was streaming it on my phone. Whatever you want to say, but I was driving and I was listening to the game on my phone. And I think at one point, I think I heard a stat that Wyoming only had like six completions for 41 yards or some crazy yeah. stat like that. Yeah, they could and, not pass. Okay, yeah. and and so Wyoming-Illinois game, that was more like a scrimmage for Illinois in a lot of ways. And I'm wondering how many of their backups were in at, during that game. Apparently their secondary was pretty locked down in the second half, um, obviously with only 41 yards passing. And so I think that for a lot of people, the reason why the spread is what it is, is because people saw Illinois, but they played Wyoming. Indiana may not be that good, but people still aren't that high on Illinois and Indiana's the home team. I mean, that could be the only reason why I think it's people are looking at it like that because it wasn't really much of a, of a, um, you know, a challenge for Illinois to play a team like Wyoming. No, Wyoming no. is terrible. They were terrible. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We're going to find out. I'm, I'm, 
might avoid that one again, but it sure to Boomer's point. I mean, just looking at it, it, it kind of like the number stinks a little bit because it doesn't make any sense. I think Illinois should win that game. Um, other Big Ten games of note: uh, Colorado State goes to the Big House on Saturday morning. Um, Thirty and a half point uh, spread there for Michigan. Uh, Is Michigan Iowa, like playing a different quarterback every quarter? Is that what they've decided to do? I or think something so. This time? Biblical yeah. terms there, Boomer. I believe there you is go. what Harbaugh said. Uh, Iowa has their classic FCS opponent they probably shouldn't play in South Dakota State. Jackrabbits are pretty darn good usually. Um, I don't know. Rutgers is at Boston College. Uh, They're actually in Boston. Boston College is favored in that one too. So Yeah, Rutgers isn't very good. No, they are not. Um, probably going to be worse than last year is what I've heard. Buffalo goes to Maryland. A lot of people are very high in Maryland's talent, so we'll see there. Um uh, other games of the week, Oregon is in a neutral site matchup versus Georgia. Georgia in Atlanta, correct? Yeah. yeah, neutral site Very in Atlanta. Neutral. <laughs> yeah. yeah, neutral in Atlanta. Good job, everybody. Um, I think I saw a stat. I can't remember it, but like SEC teams, week one and neutral site games uh, cover the majority of the time, even if it's a big number. So even though that's three versus 11, um, Boy, you might might consider. Was it twenty one and a half point spread? Is that what that game was? Seventeen, right? Now. Seventeen. 17 yeah, that's okay. what I had last. Okay, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, I actually then, have one that I'm interested in too, Dave. Though, away, I think. Oh, I was going to say the um, the uh, God, where'd it go? All of a sudden, I uh, the Cincinnati Arkansas game. Oh, I was just going to mention that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, it's interesting because Cincinnati's twenty third, right? Arkansas is yep. nineteen. Arkansas is favored by six because they're at home, but Cincinnati was a playoff team last year, and I'm Lost not sure exactly what. And they did lose a lot, yeah, but they're still ranked 23rd. They have a really good coach over there, and so that'll be an interesting matchup. I I think I'll probably watch that one on Saturday afternoon, like while the girls. It's the same time the Nebraska something. games on, Rob. Well, I can still have it on my phone. I do have more than one TV in the house, Dave. Okay. Just There's, a thing sure tech- There's a thing called technology, and, and I've got a buddy who's an Arkansas fan, and I really want them to lose. So All right. All that right. would help. Yeah. And I suppose the other two that I was kind of interested in, just the lines I'm looking at, you've got uh, North Carolina and App State. It's basically, yes. it's basically it's a, a push. Pick-em. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, so UNC's not getting a whole lot of you know respect. Carolina so was yeah. favored earlier in the year. If you would have got that game in in June or so, you could have got probably like plus three for App State, yeah. and it slid all the way to App State being a a one point favorite now. So yeah, um, that's how much money's poured it on on the Mountaineers. It's, yeah, it's kind of a crazy one. So I was going to keep an eye on that. And just just one, just I I don't know what I'd do with it, but Alabama opening with Utah State. I mean, Utah State's got a game under their belt. They're not a bad team. And right now you can get a minus 41 and a half for Alabama. Yep. Take Alabama to cover in the first half. Is that Yeah, and I said that might be one of those you get that sneaky late game. Utah State gets a couple of late scores to cut it to, you know, 38-point win or something like that for Alabama when they've got third stringers in or something like that. So that's just a lot of points, yeah. I would look at Alabama in the first half. That's always a call. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's Check the, the I'm, I'm, on that one, folks. Ride till I die. Ride till I die, Dave. I'm, I'm taking them. Them and yep. Kansas losing. You know. I mean, well, the other big game out there uh, that we should just mention um, is uh, a two versus five matchup. This is yeah. Ohio State hosting Notre Dame. Um, it's an evening game there on ABC. Oh, Ohio State favored by 17 and a half, total at 58 and a half. Two versus five. 
17 and a half point spread. That is, is that huge. a Big Ten East game well, yet, Dave, or not quite yet? Could that could be they the, could be the same uh, pod before you know it? Well, there's a uh, speaking of pods too, there, there's a shout out to some of our friends on Twitter. They're the Four Horsemen podcast who basically said that, um, you know, why do you have Notre Dame beating Ohio State and why are you wrong? You know, or why do you have, or, and why, and why would you, or, and if you don't, then why are you wrong or something like that? And I mean, they're pretty high on themselves. I don't think Notre Dame is Ohio state good. I just, I don't, I don't know. 17 and a half is a number that I would play. Um, I'd probably take Notre Dame to cover that. I do think they're better than a 17 and a half loss to, to uh, Ohio state. But I mean, I mean, it's two versus five, right? I mean, Notre Dame's never overranked. I, I would avoid that. I have no interest in betting that game. Maybe I saw, I'll look at the overs or something yeah, like I, that. I saw an interesting stat to where, like, for preseason rankings, Notre Dame, people are saying, oh, Notre Dame's always overranked. No, and, like, not. the last, like, 10 years or something like that, every time Notre Dame is ranked, say, like, 10 or 15, they always get, end up ranked higher at the end of the season. Yeah. Well, they're ranked five now, so – there's only one place to go, yeah, and that's the playoffs. So relatively blown out in this game, and then go win eleven games and still potentially make the playoff, right? See, because just like Nebraska. Lose, you're gonna lose game one with them, right? So yeah. Notre Dame, Nebraska, Redcaster Notre I was Dame, calling it Nebraska. now in the title game. So there we go. <laughs> oh God, don't do that to me, please. Please don't do that to me. All right. All right, guys. Any other games you want to highlight before we get out of here? Who does Kansas play? No, I think we'll wait and kinda Thursday or so we'll put our picks on Twitter and you know kind of cement things once we hear a little more from all the teams and any injuries or any changes. So. Yeah, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need till Thursday afternoon at this point to pick a team. But who is Kansas playing? I got Tennessee know. Tech. Oh God, Tennessee Tech by twelve. I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rob's gut talking. Oh, yeah. Oh god, that purposes only, loyal listeners. Yeah, I was so gonna say if that, that if that if that happens, I'm uh, buying a lottery ticket. All right, guys, let's get out of here with some parting shots. Uh, Boomer, what do you got for me? Oh, I don't have anything too dramatic today. It's just it's week zero. You know, sad to say, we're kind of should be somewhat used to this, and we've had yeah. our uh, comments before. If you can't say anything nice about players, for the love of God, just stay off of Twitter. Nobody needs to be tweeting at them or at their family members or at recruits, anything like that, folks. It, at the end of the day, it's a game. Just enjoy what you can. You know, losing sucks, but it is what it is. So just yeah, stay off of Twitter if you can't say anything nice. So. Yep, absolutely. All right, Rob, what do you got? Well, I only had a, one thing that I was going to cover, but um, – I can't remember what it was, so we'll just call it like a one-point loss. Okay. Uh, I don't know what that exactly means, but um, I'll, I'll take it as our uh, final parting shot of the night. Um, for now, let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Beat North Dakota. Go Big Red. Hoda Media Production.